We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. I am your host, Zach Pearson. It is finally Week 18. The final game of the regular season as the Chicago Bears will wrap up their 2022 campaign against the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to get into that. Who's going to start at quarterback, the injuries on the Chicago Bears, and much, much more. Before we get started, though, let me bring in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And before I actually do that as well, we need to say that we're keeping DeMar Hamlin in our thoughts and prayers Um tragedy just just awful awful on monday night um hoping for the best from him looks like he's starting to turn the corner in the hospital um but yeah just something i've never seen in a football game before and i know um aaron as i bring you in here i'm sure you've never seen it either and it was just just really scary all around so i know um i could probably speak for aaron that um our thoughts and prayers are with him um as he recovers in cincinnati yeah, it was a it was a very scary moment. Um, it very, I, I just I I don't even really have words for it, and and I and I hope more than anything that this kind of brings the human side. We've talked about this before in the past. I hope this brings the human side of the football players and 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 coaches and everything else that they are human beings. And while this is entertainment for us, and we get to talk about it, and we get to look forward to each game every single weekend. It's a very dangerous sport, and as we've seen, um, you know, a lot over you know a ten or fifteen year period of different injuries. I mean, Johnny Knox comes to mind. I mean, there's been multiple injuries of guys that never play the game again. Um, and you know, this would, you know, it, it's just it's it's scary to think that. I mean, had it had he not done this in a professional football game, had this been like a high school football game, he's probably not alive right now. And I mean, that just kind of gives you an idea of what it took um, for him to even be alive in the hospital. Um, like you said, it sounds like he's he's getting better. It's still touch and go. But yeah, it was just a, it's a scary moment. You know, it's like I don't I don't know how you were, but it's like 
that happens. And then obviously, you know, I kept watching. I probably watched the broadcast on ESPN until probably 11 o'clock. And it's just like I kept waking up throughout the night, checking my phone, you know, just hoping for the best. And it's like, it's crazy because it's like, one, I mean, obviously we're not Bills fans. We, we you know, and it's like, we don't know the guy. But yet I think that also shows that while football is a sport, it's also more than a sport. And, you know, these athletes deserve our respect and our appreciation for what they do and what they risk on a, you know, on a game to game basis, uh, especially in the game of football. So, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely been something I think has been on everybody's mind. Honestly, it's, it's hard to talk about anything football related right now um, with his status still so up in the air, but you know, really the good news is, is it sounds like he is, you know, doing better, at least from the reports that we've seen. Um, there's been a lot of great journalism um, involved with it and, and and bringing in, again, the human elements. So, yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers are absolutely with him, um, you know, and, and hopefully uh, over the next few days we'll we'll get some good news that he's, you know, he's awake and you know, obviously at this point, football is secondary um, to anything else. Obviously, you know, I have to hope he survives and, you know, can still live a good life. But, you know, it's just it's a it's a scary situation. It should put it into perspective for all the fans out there just how dangerous this game is and how much these players risk um, going out there every Sunday and putting on a entertaining product for us to watch. Yeah, it's tough, man. It was it was hard to watch. Um, you know, I kind of was paying attention to the game and paying attention to my laptop when it kind of happened. Um, and then I saw, obviously I saw the replays and my wife came downstairs after putting our son to bed and you know, she was like, what's going on? And um, she then saw, and it was just kind of just like, you knew something was wrong. Like I, we've seen, you know, when they, they've had lengthy delays before in the middle of games for injuries, but I can't remember like the last time an actual ambulance really came on the field. I think, I mean, maybe Ryan Shazier, I don't, I can't remember if the ambulance actually came on the field and took that long. Um, but yeah, it was scary, man. And it just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I know, you know, you have experience around athletes as well, but like being in like an NFL locker room and talking to players on like a human personal level, you kind of feel for them. And, and you know, like there is a human element to this. Like they're, they are humans. They are people, they have families, they have friends, they have hobbies, you know, they're just among the best in the world to play a game that we have to cover. We like to watch It's our entertainment. So it did for me, it was kind of like, you know, I didn't know, or I, I don't know, um, Damar Hamlin, um, but knowing like, and having conversations, you know, even off the record conversations that aren't about football in the locker room with guys, you know, it's about the personal life and stuff. It, it, it hits you different. Cause you're like, this could happen to anyone. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's tough, man. And, um, you know, outside of, a couple tweets and a couple people, I, I think, you know, it was handled pretty well. Um, uh, what ESPN did and, 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 and how they had to handle it. I mean, you're not prepared for that. That's, that's a tough job. Um, I think it was Lisa Salters and, and Adam Schefter and uh, Booger McFarlane. I mean, that's like, you're put on the spot. That's really freaking hard to do. And, you know, Scott Van Pelt did a great job. I think, you know, for the most part, everyone that night outside of, like I said, the tweets that everyone's probably seen and, and probably have friends or whoever's Ryan out Clark, there. Ryan Clark, was Ryan Clark did a, too. yeah, he did a great job. I didn't know he had, so he had some like a life threatening issue before I want to say, or something like not, maybe not as bad, but he, I think Ryan Clark had something, um, yeah, he vaguely career? mentioned it. I don't. Yeah, I don't particularly remember it all that well. But he definitely he vaguely mentioned something about that. But yeah, it was it was definitely 
it was good because even like a guy like Booker McFarlane, like mm-hmm. I'm honestly not a big fan of his analysis yeah. at all. I don't think most people are, but I mean, he was fantastic. I mean, and, and I think that that kind of comes from the player side of things, right? Where like we can watch the game, we can cover the game, we can do whatever. But the fact is, is that most of us have never played the game at the NFL level and haven't come close. So it's, it's a whole different ball game to be involved with something, have been involved with something like that versus people, you know, normal people like us who have not, that don't have the athletic gifts that have never been close to that level. Um, and I, I think it, it it's good to bring, again, the perspective from their side to, you know, to just kind of give the perspective to everybody else that, again, it's a game. It's, it's something that a lot of these guys dream about growing up, and that is their entire goal. But it can also be taken away in the blink of an eye. And for a guy like DeMar Hamlin, it's it, it's the situation where he was a six round pick. I mean, obviously, he, he you know, he, he turned into a, you know, a pretty dang good player. Uh, he was a six round pick last year. So, I mean, he's a, basically a, a year plus into the league and, you know, he's already turned into uh, somewhat of a starter for them. But. I mean, it just kind of goes to show you that he could go, you know, depending on what goes on with all this, like he could go from, you know, six round pick to ascending to out of the league over one play that frankly looked pretty routine overall. And that just kind of goes to show you, in the, the, you know, it should bring an appreciation for fans where even when you don't think players are getting hit that hard or you don't think a play is that exciting or whatever it may be that these guys are still putting themselves at a crazy physical risk playing the game of football, even with all the pads and, you know, everything else. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a big perspective changer. I think for a lot of people and and for those that it is, and it should be. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's nice to see all the support and everything going on for him um, from the fans and, and you know making donations to his um, I think it was a toy drive um, he had a couple of years ago so we're hoping for the best for him um, you know it, it's tough it's 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 hard um, and it's gonna be weird watching football this weekend um, it's gonna be weird covering a game and I can't imagine how the players feel that a lot of them have to go out there and. You know, if, if anyone watched or, or saw anything from the Bears press conferences today from Sam Mustafer and David Montgomery, I mean, it was real emotion. You know, it was it's it, it was real. Like that's that's a colleague of theirs. They don't play on the same team, but it's an NFL player that you know is or was fighting for his life. Is I think we're I, we could say he's doing better. He's trending upwards. Um, we hope at least. So 
yeah it's 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 wild man um but yeah and then everything else that is involved with it you know schedule wise that's a different i don't want to really even talk about that it's kind of different down the line the nfl will handle all that it's none of my business and i i I can't i don't want to think about it either i'd rather just focus my positive thoughts on, on demar um but yeah, looking, you know, looking at this Bears team, like you said, man, it's 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 one more week left. Um, the biggest storyline, obviously, is now Justin Fields. And um, he had a hip injury pop up. I think they said there was an MRI he came in, it was sore on um, Monday. I'm kind of the hits he took in the Lions game. And he will not start. It'll actually be Nathan Peterman, the, the veteran backup. And for me, Aaron, um I I want to see Justin Fields play, obviously. I, I want to see him get the record. But this is just best case. You, you you come this close to potentially getting a number one pick or having a shot at the number one pick. Um, at worst, if you lose a, a number two pick, I didn't want them to really mess it up. I thought Minnesota would probably beat them anyway. But if there was one guy that, that that could beat Minnesota and could make it interesting, it would have been Justin Fields. I hope he gets better. I hope the injuries is better in the offseason. But, I mean, it, it's going to be kind of you know painful to watch this team again this Sunday. But... You know they're they're in line. They have a shot to get the number one pick if Houston wins and and they lose. Yeah, well, I think we've I, I think last week was kind of the the eye opener. Um, you know, for a lot of fans that you know that have been watching this team play so closely uh, throughout the season. You know, obviously they've only won three games, but they've been in a lot of games, right? I mean, they could very easily flip a coin, and they could very easily have won six or seven games out of all the close games that they've had. And and I think that last week against Detroit uh, was quite the eye opener in terms of they played that first quarter pretty well, and then things just fell off a cliff. And we've kind of seen that script a little bit where they they come out hot offensively, they score, their defense gives up a little bit, you know, whatever, they're, they're hanging, and then all of a sudden it seems like things start to slip, and then all of a sudden they find themselves back in the game. And unfortunately, this last weekend that didn't happen, and I think, I think, the, I, I think what this comes down to is simple. I think had Justin Fields played this coming weekend, um, you know, as long as the Viking starters play, there's a pretty good chance that the Bears are going to lose anyway. But I think it goes beyond just, you know, playing for that loss. And I'm not exactly saying that's what the Bears are doing, but at the same time, I think it's pretty evident in, in terms of what Matty Refluse had said. I mean, I think it's I think it, it, it's very telling when Matty Refluse comes out after the game on Sunday and says, if Justin Fields is healthy, he's going to play. It's like, okay, well, obviously you put the caveat of if healthy. And then all of a sudden Monday rolls around and his entire tune has changed. And it's like, well, we need to talk about it. And it's like, dude, they knew, but I'm sure he's got a little bit of a hip injury. I mean, they kind of showed that on the sidelines or whatever, but it's one of those things I guarantee you right now, if the bears were playing for a playoff spot right now, Justin Fields would be playing in this game. Like, you know, Matty Refluse can say whatever he wants, but the reality of it is, is if, if they were in Detroit's position or if they were in Green Bay's position this week and they were fighting for that final wild card spot, then Justin Fields would absolutely be playing. So, and I'm not dogging it at all because I've said for the last few weeks, I mean, we saw the dude, I mean, Detroit's defense is awful. Detroit, like that was, I, I wrote, I wrote about it in my what to watch for how that should have been a game where Justin Fields could have had, you know, could have pushed close to 300 yards. He didn't even have a hundred yards passing. I mean, it was just the entire offense. Everything about that team looked anemic. The entire offense looked anemic. I think that was probably Justin Fields' worst game since the beginning of the season. 
everything about that game was absolutely awful. And it's like, you start looking at yourself, Detroit had 30 sacks going into that game. They were bottom seven in the league in sacks going into that game last week. And they sacked Justin Fields. What was it? Seven times. Yeah, I think I it was it was seven times and uh, nine quarterback hits. Yeah, so it's like, dude, I mean, at that point in time, you have to look at it. I don't care how much value you're putting on each one of these games. And even if you want to win the game, you have to look at it and say, the Bears the Bears are probably, I, I don't know, again, we'll have to see. It's it's still, there's a lot of offseason, you know, well, there's all of the offseason to go, but there's a lot of things that are going to happen this offseason. I would say that in a best case scenario, the Bears are probably pushing that Detroit Lions, like where they're at right now next year, I'd say eight, nine wins is probably going to be the max if everything goes well. But here's the thing, man, your entire outlook, your entire future changes. If Justin Fields goes out there and tries to break the rushing record or whatever, and he gets seriously hurt, whether let's just say he falls on his throwing shoulder and he has to have, you know, like he tears his labrum and he has to have labrum surgery, or he tears an ACL, or he breaks a leg, or he break, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like any serious injury, you know, tears an Achilles, anything like that. And we've seen that happen. I mean, if you look at look at the Kyler Murray play, Kyler Murray didn't get touched. He simply cut, just like Justin Fields does all the time. He simply cut, and his ACL went out from under him. So it's it's one of those situations where it's not worth the risk. And I've had people on Twitter say, well, that doesn't make any sense. They've been eliminated for X amount of time. It's like, yeah, you know, in a sense, I, you know, I guess I see what they're saying, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but there's still development to be had when you're looking at a group of games. The bears were eliminated weeks ago. There was still a group of games in which they had to play. And obviously you want to see Justin Fields play those games, but the reality of it is Tevin Jenkins uh, is now on IR. Michael Schofield is now on IR. Um, they've had all sorts of injuries on the offensive line. Their offensive line, in terms of overall pass sets, has been absolutely awful. Uh, I, I I just don't know how else to put it. I don't really care what anybody says at this point. If if you're if you're sitting there saying that they have a good offensive line or they're good pass blocking offensive line because of pa- pass block win rate, I'm sorry, I, we're not, we're not watching the same thing because the Bears have been having the same issues all year. Has Fields held the ball too long at times? Sure, but when you're looking at this from a whole, you know, as a whole, and you're saying, okay, the bears need to lose this game because that guarantees them a top two pick. Um, And then you look at it from a health standpoint, one game is not going to make or break anything within the development of Justin Fields, but one game could severely dampen anything going on next season. Like I said, if he gets a serious injury and he has to miss training camp, that's still a training camp that he doesn't get to go through it. You know, it's like with Kyler Murray. I mean, there's a pretty good chance that Kyler Murray is not going to be ready for the beginning of the year. The bears don't want to be in that position with a third year quarterback that needs to take a big jump next year. So yeah, it sucks. It's it's going to be a game where, frankly, I mean, I'll be honest with you right now. I've got two TVs um, that I usually set up in the living room at the same time. Um, and unfortunately, my you know my girlfriend's a Browns fan, so unfortunately, the Browns play at the same time as the Bears. I will probably end up bringing my laptop out and finding a way to get the Colts game, the Colts and Texans game, just because, frankly, that game. It is going to have a lot more of my interest, assuming obviously that the Bears, I would assume that the Bears are going to get blown out. But it's just, you know, it, that's just kind of where I'm at. But if 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 us suffering through the last 60 minutes of football um, for the next eight months is what it takes for the Bears to get a top two pick and really kind of change things for the franchise and finally get over the the year one hump of the rebuild, then I mean, it, it's just kind of a necessary evil at this point. I mean, I don't think it could be any worse than what we saw last week. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, l- last week, man, that was just, I don't know, it was, it looked like they flat out quit. Like, it, it was bad. I mean, the hits principle was not in um, service that day. They um, they were not tackling. Um, they were not executing everything. Um, it, it was just bad all around. And it, it just, it was disappointing. Um, and really disappointing because the Bears' first two drives were pretty damn good. They led 10-7. And after that, it was just an onslaught from the Lions scoring 34 unanswered. It wasn't even close. I mean, Justin Fields was getting his butt kicked. And in my eyes, you know, I it was not a good passing game for Justin Fields. I think that's fair to say. I mean, he does you know, still make strides in the passing game. I, I think Justin Fields has taken steps forward this year. I think he's shown us that he has the chance to be the guy at quarterback for the Bears for the future and a franchise guy. Um, it, it's just I feel like a lot of people are getting way too excited for themselves when he still needs to make, like, strides in the passing game. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does. But I know he's working with a piss-poor offensive line, probably the worst offensive line in football, um, probably the worst set of wide receivers in football. And he still needs to make those strides because I think they're going to help him by getting him a better offensive line and, and getting him better weapons. Um, yeah, you, you, I just got to see a little more from him as well before I'm like confident. Like I say, yeah, he is the guy. He's, he's 100%. Um, I think it's going to happen, though. The interception he threw it, Halftime, I mean, that was just brutal. I I there's I can't make an excuse for it. I've, I've seen people say, well, the wide receivers aren't running the right route. Um, you know, there was no pass rush. It was just a line of defenders. Just throw the ball away. You, you can't make that throw. I'm sorry. I don't even care if Byron Pringle half-assed it or wasn't the spot he should have been. That's just, you just, I, I don't want my rookie quarter, or my, not my rookie, I'm sorry, my young quarterback making that throw. Just throw it away and live for another um, down after that, after halftime or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, all overall, it was like, it was, it was boring. It was like, there was no positives. The only positive I took away from it was Bayless Jones return, man, um, making strides draft pick position. And I think I got to go back and double check, but I think the bears defensive line or front seven, um, actually got two sacks, which no one's talked about, which is crazy because they've been terrible at that. But guess what? It didn't, it didn't matter because, the Lions did whatever the hell they wanted to against the Bears all day. Yeah, it's funny because you had about the, you had about the same amount of positives out of that game <laughs> that I did. I mean, well, there's just looking at your winners and losers. I I honestly, when you sent that over, I thought you were only going to have one winner. I I swear, I was like, I think it's going to be Valus or the draft pick position. I think you had 
three, right? I had three. I tried so hard. I tried <laughs> so hard because it's just like I, I even basically what I did is the game got over with and I went to like McDonald's and got a snack and came back and I was like, all right, now I'm in the mood to actually <laughs> sit down. You know, what's funny, though, is I actually between that and what I wrote for Wendy City Gridiron, like those were actually in terms of like overall like uh, characters, like that was actually the most that I had written on either topic like in either one all all season long it's just like it, it kind of gets to that point where and you know whoever reads the what to watch for when that comes out it's kind of the same thing like it gets to a point when it's like all of a sudden it's not really so much about the game per se is like dude we've been talking all year about bears you know basically getting through year one of the rebuild uh justin fields's progress getting through healthy and then over the last few weeks it's been it's like you know you go back probably five or six weeks when the bears had the same amount of wins as a lot of teams, right? They were like number, I want to say they were like number three or number four. And then they got to number two and everybody's like, well, they're not going to stay at number two because they don't have the tiebreaker because of the strength of schedule. And there's so many teams that are close to them. And I kept telling people, it's like, if the bears are as bad as, is is what I think they're, they are going to continue to be like, they will continue to lose games and other teams will continue to win. And obviously they've got some breaks along the way, but I mean, we've talked about draft positioning for a while now, and it's like we're finally to that point where it's like we've got one more three-hour, you know, 60 full minutes of football left before we can finally stop pretending like there's a bunch of stuff to analyze because it would be one thing. Like, I mean, just just think about it's crazy. Like I would because I, I I run a like a I usually do like a uh, like a spreadsheet every year of just like the Bears overall moves from basically the beginning of the offseason on all the way through the season. And I'm sitting there and I'm going through. I haven't updated in like a month. So I went through and I got on the Bears website, went through all our transactions and just updated everything with the dates just because I like to have it just so you can. Like if I need to, I can go back and like, you know, when did so-and-so sign or when did they start, you know, putting a bunch of people on IR and moving a bunch of people up from the practice squad, so on and so forth. And it was crazy because it was like, I had, like, I have an IR slot on there for like, you know, guys that were set to return that have already returned. And then you have like the season ending guys. And I just, it kept adding the list, adding the list, adding the list. And I'm like, I'm looking at all these names and it's like, they're all I shouldn't say they're all most of them were quality players like they were all starting at one point or another and then they add Tevin Jenkins and they add Michael Schofield on the list today it's just it's it's crazy to see the amount of injuries and where I was going with that is that because of the amount of injuries that this team has had there's going to be so many players and there was this last week but there's gonna be so many players this week where it's like I don't even know, like, what do you say about that? Like, what do you, how do you write about guys that have been on the practice squad all year or not even on that? Let's just say some of these guys that that are going to be playing like Breon Borders, for example, is a guy that wasn't even, wasn't even on an NFL team for the majority of the year. The Bears signed him to a practice squad and they're elevated or they, they already elevated him or whatever to the, to the roster. It's hard to keep track at this point. It's like, what are you going to say about a guy that's 27 years old that is going to play basically this one game for the bears. And that's going to be it. Like there's so many of, you know, of those players and it, it's not to, you know, it's not to degrade them or anything like that, but it's just, the point is, is that the bears are in the midst of a rebuild and because they don't have depth and because they don't have a ton of young talent yet, we're writing, we're writing about a bunch of guys that are not going to factor into the Bears next year. There's going to be a lot of people on the field for the Bears in Bears uniform that are going to be taking snaps that we will never see again after this year. 
And that's just kind of where it's at right now, where unfortunately there's just not a lot to, to really analyze. There's not a really, there's not a whole lot to look at. Like Nathan Peterman starting a game for the Chicago bears. That means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. You know, half the, you know, it's just, it's, there's, there's so many of those kind of players where there are guys that are going to hit the free agent market that we already know that the bears are not going to resign. Like it's just at this point in time, there's just not a whole lot to analyze because of the injuries that they have and the lack of talent that they have. So really all that it comes down to is the bears are in the, you know, the running for the number one overall pick. If they lose the worst that they can do is number two, which is a great position to be in. And then after that, we can beat this horse into the ground for four months talking about the draft and everything else that's going to go on in free agency. But at least we will have finally gotten over the hump. But, you know, unfortunately, until this this game happens, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, at least with Justin Fields, you know, even when he doesn't play well, I mean, there's at least we've got something to talk about. But it's like this week, I just don't see unless Chase Claypool somehow has 100 yards receiving, which seems like, you know, that would be a miracle at this point. It's like there's just not going to be a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, and you know, um, looking at it, I mean, it. Like I said, I, I've, I've echoed this before, and I think you would agree. I don't root for the Bears to lose. I don't want them to lose. Losing on Sunday is in the best interest for the franchise, even if you get the number two overall pick. So the ramifications you could have dropping from one and two to four um, are there. I mean, you might get lucky and still land someone like Will Anderson or, or Jalen Carter. But if your plan is truly to trade back and you will have offers if you're at one and two, you're going to be making phone calls. You're going to be receiving phone calls. You'll be able to likely get a first rounder this year. I'm the first rounder next year. I think that's where the package absolutely starts. That's the minimum. You can add in what if, if you want, you know, more picks or a player. Although I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Someone actually asked me this today. I, I've been looking back at like tr- trades inside the top 10 for teams to move up. Um, I can't remember like, many with a player involved unless you can so there have been a few because i've actually done a decent amount of research on this it's funny because i got accused of no there hasn't been a lot i was weirdly accused of taking a reddit post i don't know i don't i don't know what the i don't i don't get on reddit for hardly anything and it's definitely not going to be anything bears related but uh yeah, there have been a few. Um, you'd have to go back to let me think about this for a second because a lot of those were like in the nineties. Um, there was the trade. That's what I thought. There's none within the, like the last I, I want to say five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, right? Yeah, like, no, I think the last one might have actually been Ryan Leaf. The Ryan Leaf trade, like when they traded up because they traded. They dude, it's crazy how much they gave up. The, and that's kind of the, that's the other thing about this is like yeah, there haven't been very many players involved with trades, and two. Like there's no real good baseline for it because if you go back and you look at some of the trades that happened in the early nineties, like people that traded up to the number one pick, they didn't get a future first round pick for it. Yeah. They got basically like a boatload of picks in that, in that draft or whatever. I wouldn't even say a boatload. Like one of the trades was like trading the number one or number two overall um, from like 16, I want to say. And they got like a third, fourth, sixth and seventh round pick. And there was like no few, it was, it was weird, but and that's kind of the thing. So like everybody's projecting these trades and then you have people like, oh, that's not realistic. And it's like, but we don't really know what's realistic at this point because yeah. outside of the last, like you said, five, six, seven, eight years, there's not a good baseline to go off of for the most part. Cause I only based it on uh, picks one and two and I actually narrowed it down the quarterbacks. I can't remember there were like, 
I want to say there was like a receiver that was traded at one point. There was somebody else that was traded. That was a non-quarterback. It was like a defensive player uh, that, that, you know, for the pick that ended up getting drafted. But yeah, for the most part, when you're talking about number one and number two overall picks that were traded for quarterbacks, like the Jared Goff had a, the Jared Goff one had a big return. Um, the Philip Rivers one that didn't really much count, like the Eli, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers thing that kind of happened after the draft. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, that was a pretty big haul as well. But yeah, you look at some of these and it's like, you would have expected a lot more than what it ended up, what they ended up with. So there's just not a good baseline overall. And like you said, with players, yeah, if, unless you range back to the 90s, like no players have been involved with anything like this. Yeah, and, and you know, I think um, you're right. Because at the same time, like we have a tendency to say, well, Miami got this huge package from San Francisco. It's different GMs, different teams. You know what I mean? It's not like every GM's operating the same way. I mean, um, you know, let's use, for example, Indianapolis. Um, Ryan Poles could get a call and and he could say, yeah, I want three first round picks including this year and then a fifth round pick. And, you know, Ballard could say, well, I'm going to give you two first rounders and a second rounder and a, and, and a sixth rounder. And Poles is not going to automatically say no. I mean, he's still going to listen to it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's not just because they, they don't get the, the what the package that the Dolphins got doesn't mean that they're going to hang up right away and not trade the pick. It, it's we, we tend to look at these and use these examples. Yeah, I mean, I would love if, if the Bears could pull off whatever Miami did um, with San Francisco. I'd have to go back and look at that trade again. Um, but they essentially turned that into Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, um, Jalen Waddle, and I think they had a couple other good picks or, or something else along that. Um, 12 and- to 3. I, I have it right in front of me, actually. 12 to 3. So Miami – Okay. Went from three to twelve. They received a 2022 first round pick and third round pick, and a 2023 first round pick. Um, and then they also got the 2021 first round pick as well. So they basically and that got was three first, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they they did. Yeah, they they turned it into they turned it, and that's kind of the thing is like that's what I think a lot of fans need to kind of keep in mind too is like everybody's focused on getting that second first round pick this year you usually get more mileage out of getting future first round picks because then you can deal those around and do what you need to do with them. Yeah. Which is what they did, right? That's they used one for the Bradley Chubb trade and they used, did they use one for the Tyreek Hill trade? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, like I, like I was uh, saying, going back to the original point, I mean, there is, you know, ramifications because if you, if you're, if you fall to four somehow or you fall to three, um, you're going to be banking on a team coming up for for Will Levis or um, C.J. Stroud. I, I think Young, I think Bryce Young sh- should be number one um, in terms of quarterbacks. I think C.J. Stroud should be number two. But you're going to be banking on a team coming up for a quarterback if you're on that, you know, three or four slot um, compared to one or two. I mean, you're at least going to get the calls. And the other thing is, if you're at one or two, you're pretty much going to have your choice at picking a player that you think is a generational franchise player. You don't have to wait and sit there at eight and be like, oh, well, our guy's off the board. Your guy is likely going to be there. One of you, you know, the draft boards are so big. I mean, they, the Bears probably have three to four names right now that they could take, I, I'd say, from one to two if they don't trade it back. So you're you're going to get your guy. Um, just don't mess this up in my eyes. Like, this is huge for the franchise. Um but, you know, we'll see. I, I think they're going to lose the game uh, on Sunday. And I, yeah. I, I think it's better for them. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I agree. I agree. And just to kind of give you an idea, like it, because now I've actually got this in front of me. So when I say that there's no rhyme or reason behind, like there's no way to really evaluate, right? So I'm just going to give you 1998 Ryan Leaf, right? The Ryan Leaf pick. They uh, they went from number three overall to number two overall. Arizona got number three, number 33. They got a first round pick in 1999, which was the year after. And they got Eric Metcalf and Patrick Sapp. That was the last player involved trade right and then you go back to 2017 with the bears with mitchell trubisky when they went from number three to number two and san francisco got number three number 67 and number 111 so basically the first third and what was that fourth round picks and then they got a third round pick in 2018 so it's like i mean that just kind of gives you an idea like you can look at some of these trades and you can you can kind of get an idea. Okay. You know, like another one, for example, the RG three trade. So uh, Washington went from six overall to second overall Um, St. Louis at the time, the St. Louis Rams got uh, number six and number 39 in 2012. Then they got first round picks in 2013 to 2014. Um, But then if you compare the same exact thing going for, or not quite the same exact thing, but when you go from two to eight, when you're talking about the Carson Wentz trade with the Eagles, when they went from eight to two, uh Cleveland got uh let's see Cleveland got number eight number 77 so I uh, you know basically the the first round the lesser of the first round picks a third round pick number uh 100 which was a fourth round pick in 2016 then they got a first round pick in 2017 and a second round pick in 2018 so like right there the Eagles moved down further to give up the rights to basically take Carson Wentz and actually got less than what the uh what the Rams did for RG three, even though RG three was only from six to two. So there's just, there's no, there's just no real rhyme or reason behind it. And like, even when you look at the Jared Goff, they like the Jared Goff trade, when the Rams went from number one or from number 15 to number one. So they, Tennessee got 15, 43, 45 and 76 in 2016. Then they got a first and fourth round pick in 2017. And then they gave back, uh, a fourth round pick in the 2017 draft as well. So again, like you look at that and like, frankly, like the RG three trade was still a bigger overall value than the Rams going from number 15 to number one. So there's just not really, there's just not really a good way. Cause I was kind of hoping to find some trends when I was, when I was looking at this and there's just really not a whole lot of trends to be found. But I think part of this, is going to fully depend on how how teams feel about this class overall, right? Because I think going into the year, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, it's it's automatically going to be C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be the top two guys. And I think that we can pretty much all agree that Bryce Young is probably going to be the top quarterback off the board. But I think because of some of the weird hype that's been going on with a guy like Will Levis, like, it's, I don't think it's a guarantee that CJ Stroud goes number, you know, he's a second quarterback taken. So like, just to give you an example, if the bears are sitting there at two 
the overall interest, obviously the overall value of the pick at two is not going to be as high, but the overall interest in that second quarterback may not be nearly as high either versus if they're sitting there at one, you know, I would guess that Houston's going to want to try to get up, you know, one spot and, and, you know, grab their guy. And obviously Houston has another first round pick as well, but let's just say Indianapolis ends up at four or five, because that's what they're projected to right now. And if they lose that game, then they would be five at worst and they could be three at best. But let's just say that Indy wants to jump Houston and get their quarterback. It's like all of a sudden being in that number one pick gives you a lot more ammo. And frankly, I think Chris Ballard is going to be a lot more desperate than he has been in years past, especially considering he just had to fire his head coach. So there's just so many different opportunities for the Bears, kind of like you pointed out, where if you land within those top two picks, great. Um Obviously, you would much rather be you'd much rather have the number one overall pick for for obvious reasons. But I think a lot of it, too, is going to come down to the perception. And I think that the perception of this quarterback class, like you're going to have teams fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. So if you're at one, then you can guarantee yourself that even if it's like a, a trade with Atlanta or Carolina or whatever, one of those teams that's sitting anywhere from like six to nine like you can still guarantee that you're going to be within the top 10 and you're going to get a massive haul. Maybe if you trade with a team like the Panthers, you know, maybe you're able to pull off a trade for a guy like DJ Moore. I don't know. Again, that it's just kind of throwing something out there, but if you're sitting there at number two and Houston takes uh, Bryce Young, uh, Bri- yeah, Bryce Young at one, then all of a sudden you're looking at a position where, you know, how much does a team really love that second quarterback? How much does a team love CJ Stroud? How much does a team love Will Levis or maybe Anthony Richardson? Like, and that's kind of the thing where, especially when you're looking at next year's quarterback class, and I'm not usually one to do this. I'm really not. I'm, I'm usually that the whole next year's quarterback class is going to be better is usually kind of a, just a way to kind of blow things off. But I mean, dude, if you look at some of the quarterbacks coming out of next year's class, I mean, obviously you're, you're a North Carolina fan, you know, it's like, so obviously, you know, at least the quarterback that's going to be coming from North Carolina, but it's like, you have, you have Caleb Williams. Like there is a lot of top end talent right now, projected top end talent um, coming out of next year's class. So it's like, are these teams really going to want to mortgage their future on the second best quarterback in this class when maybe they just are bad for a year and they kind of do what the bears did this year and sell off and do whatever they need to do. And then all of a sudden guarantee themselves one of the quarterbacks from next year. So I do think personally, I think that there's a big value difference in getting the number one versus the number two overall pick. Obviously you'd be happy with either. And I think the bears will be able to make a trade with either, um, but I do think that there is a lot more value, especially in this class, at landing the number one overall pick than there would be landing number two. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you as well, and and that's a good point about the quarterbacks. It's going to be a loaded, loaded class um, next year at, at that position. Aaron, let's wrap things up. Let's let's go into this Minnesota game. Um, I think we're both be on the same page here. I'll let you go first, though. Um, with your prediction and, and give me that the score and um, an X factor as we wrap it up here. Well, so you remember last week when I told you that I had the feeling yes. that the bears were going <laughs> to, I'm going to stick with that because I'm superstitious. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm going to take the bears to win 23, 20. I'm not really going to give you any good reason why, because I don't really know. Um, but I am superstitious and I think everybody knows where I'm leaning and where I want the bears, what what I want the bears to do in this game. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say that. Um, 
And then as far as my X factor, and they've already kind of done part of it, is just keep your key players healthy. The Bears do not have very many key players. For the love of God, please keep these guys healthy. Please keep them off the field. Let everybody else play. The game is meaningless. You're trying to you're trying to lose the game anyway. Um, the last thing that the Bears need is for somebody to have a serious late season injury in January and have to worry about them being ready for games in September when things should matter a lot more. So that's going to be my X factor. Again, like I'm not really looking at this game as any value. I don't even think there's really any talking points to it, but I do think in terms of like when you're looking towards next season, uh, there is a lot of value in simply saying we want a better pick and we want to keep our guys healthy, our key guys healthy. And I think that's what they need to do. Yeah, I, I think the Vikings are going to win. Um, I think this will be a game the Vikings pretty much dominate from the start. I, I just I can't see Nathan Peterman leading a win. I was with you, man. I thought they were, I thought the Bears were going to win last week. I thought there was going to be um, one of these two games. Now I, I think it's it's um, going to be a Vikings win. I, I think it's going to be let's say something like um, thirty four twenty. I'll say 34 20 Vikings. Um, and for my X sector, if the Bears do win, I mean, they're going to obviously need a big, 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 big day from this defense. Um, and they're banged up as well. The whole team's banged up. So I, I see where it coming from, from the injury standpoint. But yeah, a big day from the defense could get them um, a win. But yeah, I think the Bears are going to have a 10 game losing streak. They're going to set the record for most losses in a, in a season in franchise history. Um, they've already set the record for most losses um are tied the record for most losses in a season in franchise history in a row um but yeah i'm gonna go vikings with the win and uh we'll see how things shake shake up with um houston i i, I think you said it, but it's houston and the colts are the still a noon game right well one yeah, they, they, yeah they're yeah. their noon game basically any any game well basically that game and then the other two games like the denver like if they were somehow to win Denver and Arizona both play in the uh, the mid afternoon slot, the three o'clock game. Okay, yeah. So I mean, if you're rooting for draft position, um, go Texans, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, Aaron, you should where, be rooting for the Texans anyway. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, where can you? Uh, where can everyone follow you at, Eric and Rachel? Or Eric? Geez, man. I okay. This we gotta shut down the show. <laughs> I just called you Eric. So yeah. Um, yeah. Where can everyone follow you? And uh, where can everyone read your work, Aaron? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL um, on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can uh, follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. As always, you can um, re- read our work on the Bear Report. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Helps us and the Picks for Polls podcast. And this is the last in-season one. Um, next week, man, we can start actually talking some off-season stuff we can talk some nfl playoffs um and the direction the bears are going to go we'll also hear from ryan poles and matt eberflus next week as well so we'll probably have to schedule our um our show around that but until next time everyone please stay safe please stay healthy when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.